0: This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not contain or replace any legal advice.
1: Hello, everyone. We're back for season two of the day one series. Uh, I'm Declan and I'm joined again by Amelia. Uh, hello, Amelia. Welcome back.
0: Hi, Declan. How are you going?
1: I do note in our show notes here on the, on the schedule that it does say that we'd be finally happy to be doing this in person. Uh, unfortunately due to a snap lockdown in Melbourne we are still at home so some things have changed but some things haven't.
0: <laughs> Absolutely lucky we read the script beforehand hey so we could cross it no, exactly. out. <laughs>
1: remember where we are. But th- speaking of things that have changed um, as our listeners will know you're one of our grads this year soon to finish and you've recently yep. had some news about where they've they put you for next year and where you'll be going so Fill us in on the update.
0: So, um, I'll be settling in the public law team uh, with the planning and environment team more specifically. So, it's pretty exciting. I was a paralegal uh, for a few years in the public law team and working largely with the planning team. So, I feel like I've come full circle and now can settle down for a while and get into some some really good work. So, yeah, it's pretty oh, exciting. right.
1: I can't say it's a. A massive surprise to anyone to <laughs> no,
0: that
1: that's where you have ended up, especially because you, yeah. you've got a you've got an honours thesis in planning and environment as well, don't you? Uh, I
0: do, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you're pretty pretty short odds to head back there. I yeah, thought. yeah, I think so. It's a safe bet. <laughs> This season, we'll be bringing some some jam-packed episodes to continue on with our theme from the last series about information for law students, but um, we thought we'd, we'd kick season two off by by starting at the top and introducing our new CEO, Dave Newman. He's been at Maddox for over 20 years, uh, starting his career as a lawyer during a recession, so some significant parallels to our, our listeners at the minute. Um, and now uh, adapting to a new normal, being CEO of a, a hybrid workplace where everyone's working from home and working from the office and working from everywhere. So welcome to the show, Dave Newman.
2: Thanks, Eklund. Hi, Amelia. Hi, everyone. It's um, nice to be here.
1: So, so
0: Dave, uh, you were appointed to CEO last year. Was that always a plan for your career?
2: Uh, no, I don't think I've ever had a plan for my career. I've just sort <laughs> of um, gone along and enjoyed every role I've had uh, from when I was a, a graduate or an article clerk through to being a partner. But it probably evolved over time, what you find or what I found going through partnership is that is that you gravitate towards roles that, that you enjoy and a lot of those roles are in the business as much as you know client facing and it became apparent to me that I was doing sort of each job not to the full ability. So you're, you're f- focusing on the business and focusing on the clients and um, having the opportunity to spend full time focusing on business and being able to, um, to manage the firm as CEO was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up.
1: I always find this... Miss- so interesting that obviously as a, a partner for such a long period of time, you have such strong relationships with your clients who really grow to sort of depend on you. And as I understand it, when you come into the, the job of CEO, you effectively step away from your practice for the next few years at least. Was that something you wrestle with or was it difficult to explain to your clients that you're sort of stepping away from the practice side of your, your job? Uh,
2: it was one of the hardest bits. I mean, leaving, leaving the team was was easier because I haven't really left them. I still see the team regularly and talk to them when I see them around, so I haven't really left them. But but a lot of my clients have become close friends and, and, and they rely on me regularly for advice. So a lot of them weren't surprised when I told them that I'd taken this role, but I think weaning them off calling me uh, in the first instance might be a bit hard so I still field a few calls from time to time when people have things that they want to get my counsel on but building those relationships over a long period of time to a point where you know, you're know you the first person they call when something goes wrong and they want advice and, and then having to let go of those relationships is, is really
1: hard it's really hard. Have they taken do they most of most clients take the news well?
2: Most, most took it well some of <laughs> some of some have been have taken it less well, uh, although they've um, wished me well. Building a practice over 25 years means that a lot of my good clients are my good friends. And having that relationship w- with them means you can have an honest conversation about um, you know, what the next few years are going to look like.
1: Obviously, stepping away from your practice and into being the CEO, Dave, you've inherited a global pandemic from your predecessor, Michelle, who some would say stepped away at a suspiciously good time. It's probably shifted your priorities as a CEO from what you envisaged when you thought it might be something you're interested in to, to what you've ended up sort of working through. How did it shift your priorities and the firm's priorities and, and what have you had to change?
2: So When I started in October, effectively, I became CEO. The virtual law firm. Our, our people, um, all our people in Melbourne and most of our people in Canberra and Sydney working from remotely um, and we would moved to remote working relatively quickly. And so obviously priorities changed slightly in respect of um, you know, how we work and how we deliver those services to our clients. And and focusing, um, or increasing our focus on you know, engagement you know, of our people and engagement with our clients, and ensuring that the mental well-being and mental health of our of our people is at the forefront of the decisions we make and the policies we implement. So that changed slightly, but I think overall, the the pandemic has provided the firm with extraordinary opportunities as a as a law firm that. Our clients will need advice as they seek to navigate what the world looks like when we come out of uh, the pandemic. And I think that uh, although uh, economically things are likely to be difficult it's a pretty strange recession with you know, property prices going well and share prices going well and a lot of money being in the economy still so it's a strange um, economic situation we're in so I think there's there's a lot of opportunities for uh, for our clients which, which will require us to assist them moving forward but I think the greatest opportunity for, for us and f- for the firm is that what the pandemic has shown us or particularly how we've worked for the last year has has shown us is that we are adaptable and we we can change to uh, an ever-changing environment. And even the more reluctant, people within the firm are coming to realisation that we can change the way we work and still do it successfully. And what that means is that we have an opportunity to really look at how we do things and and shift the way we do things so that we can sort of catch up with a lot of the other industries that are, are further ahead of where the legal profession's been for the last decade. So I think, although it's been difficult, and I've had to focus on um, areas that I didn't anticipate focusing on, like getting people back into the office, you know, for 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 some of their working week, and uh, looking after people's you know health and well-being you know, working from home. Um, I think overall, there's there's more opportunities arising from the from the global pandemic than otherwise.
0: And speaking of the um, economic effects of the pandemic, Dave, the recession now is not really the first you've experienced as a lawyer. You started your career in a recession. Can you tell us what that was like for you? Did you have concerns about entering the profession at such a time? Did those concerns eventuate?
2: So I, yes, I started my working life in the early 1990s, um, coming off the back of um, Paul Keating's recession that we had to have. And it was pretty hard to find find a job. So there was um, unemployment was high, interest rates were ex- extraordinarily high. So they were in the teens, unlike the sort of sub twos that we have at the moment. So things were really difficult. And getting a job... Um, out of law school, getting any getting an article clerk position was really quite quite difficult. Uh, so I guess the first thing, and this probably hasn't changed much for listeners um, either, is actually getting a job was you know a great relief and a great achievement at the time. So I started at a, a small firm called James Smith and Emerton which ultimately merged a few times and became. Gaydon's by the time I left but the impact on me personally was that when I started that the firm was doing a lot of insolvency work we we're doing a lot of work at Westpac I was very fortunate there was some great lawyers there one of the partners I got to work with was the current Chief Justice and Ferguson so there was there was some fantastic mentors at that firm as a product of the time um, I think professionally I ended up in insolvency which is where I've stayed it's been a a great passion of mine that that insolvency law because of the law that's involved but also the commerciality that's involved and the necessity to triage issues because there's a lack of funds involved so I was really fortunate that I was as a product of the the economic times I fell into an area of law that that I loved but I think and I think a lot of people of my age would be have a similar view is that it really invoked perhaps a, a, a loyalty in us to our to our roles because you know, we're grateful to have a, have a job in many ways, and so we all worked very hard and you know, we're grateful to be there. Really, I've only had two jobs basically in my legal career, even though I've been fortunate to be at two law firms that have grown while I've been there. But left um, the firm I did articles at and came to, to Maddox in uh, you know, 20 years ago. Um, really, is my second job, and um, so I think that really was a was a formative experience starting work in a recession and seeing a lot of my friends who I did law with or who did other degrees at university who who weren't as lucky as as I was.
0: It's the the silver linings of the the current climate that we're all looking for. So that's really good to hear. What attracted you to Maddox?
2: So I um, I knew a few people at Maddox and uh, I think um, at the time – 2000 the firm was looking to grow its um, insolvency capacity and I was I wouldn't say I was restless but you know I was perhaps um, you know thinking about you know the next step and uh, the firm that I was at was it was going well but I really didn't hadn't had sort of career discussions about where I was going to go and I got a phone call from Phil Jones, actually, in in March and said, look, you don't know me, Dave, but would you like to come across? And I actually said no. And the reason I said no was because I was running a case in Nauru we are winding up the bank and the, the phosphate company in Nauru so I had to fly to Nauru to appear as junior counsel in a wine application and I, I, there was no way I was going to miss that so, so I said no and <laughs> but I, I must have said to Phil just to let him down softly that, that the timing wasn't right or something along those lines so in September he rang me again and said oh, how's the timing now and he must have caught me at a moment of weakness and I said yeah sounds good and and true story but by the time I was living in Richmond at, ta- at the time time and um by the time I got home, there was a, a letter of offer on my on my doorstep that had been delivered by a mail room. <laughs> okay. So it was just the right time and there's probably a whole bunch of reasons. It's the best mm-hmm. decision I've made and it's a, a great place to be.
1: When you started at what is now Gatins, you had some really good lawyers to, to be your mentors. Do you think in the climate that you were in, it was more important, we did episodes on mentoring last year and, and obviously the importance of it for junior lawyers, do you think, where economically things are tough and there's conditions are harder for junior lawyers, it's more important to, to seek out those mentors or is it something that you just sort of need to do as a junior lawyer anyway, because it is such a, a tough career and there is so much to learn. Do you think it changes at all when the economic climate's more difficult to find working? Uh
2: Possibly. I mean, I mean, I, although I could be wrong, but, and you've been really strong mentors to me and I might be doing them all a disservice, but they've all been great role models and to the extent there's a difference and so I think that's really important uh, at any time of your economic cycle is that there are great role models that you can look to. I was really fortunate that Ann Ferguson was a partner of the firm when I was there and there was um, Gary Bigmore who, who took Silk as a solicitor advocate uh, as a partner of a law firm which was the first time in 100 years that that had, that had happened and so being able to, to work with a well-regarded solicitor advocate which people do at Mac- all time in our planning area is a real gift as well. So I think being able to to have strong role models is, is really important. They probably mentored me from time to time, but observing how they conducted their practices and how they worked with their clients was very formative to me. I think the other thing that um, I really benefited from, which again may have been a product of the time or otherwise, is that I had a really strong cohort of lawyers that started with me and around my time. There were the graduate year ahead of me, where there was you know, two or 3 only two or three graduates a year—we built a really strong bond, and it was—it wasn't a competitive bond, but it was had this sort of common curiosity around the law, and we worked really hard together and collaboratively, and and, and all of those lawyers have gone on to do great things in insolvency, so two or three of them are, are now Silk and a couple head up with insolvency divisions at national law firm. I think having that environment where you're challenging yourselves and challenging each other and you've got great role models to look look to is really important. Yeah, you know, and having someone senior to talk to about career decisions in that true mentoring sense is also important but as I said I might be doing people a disservice but I think it was more the role models in my career that that were more formative.
0: How do you think the paths that younger lawyers can take now have changed? What other paths are you seeing younger lawyers take? I
2: think the paths are all still there. I mean there are a number of of lawyers I went with also went in-house which is still obviously an option for for lawyers as well but I think the paths are still the same and if I look at you know not just the cohort of lawyers that I went through in my graduate year but also the my, my university year. They're mm-hmm. in far fung places doing amazing things, working in The Hague, magistrates, judges, senior barristers, working in not for profits. So I don't think those paths have changed so much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're all they're all viable and rewarding. I think, sort of, to a point I made earlier, I think that the longevity of those roles has probably changed, and that might be something we might see change back. I know that the tendency of uh, young people generally, not just in law, to sort of, you know, change roles more often than my generation you know we might see a change in that if the economic conditions continue on but but I don't think that the the roles have changed I think that we for whatever reason there's the path to partnership might take a bit longer than it did back in the the early 90s and late 90s but I think all the paths are still open to to young lawyers.
1: What other sort of general broad nuggets of advice do you have for the law students that are listening to this about how to succeed in their, their careers? I think the key
2: a law firm and to develop your career is to remain, to remain curious, to ask questions and uh, maintain enthusiasm. The practice of law is, is fascinating like solving people's problems you know having to work out what the problem is and devolve a solution which often requires going through legislation reading cases it's, it's very rewarding and I think law students when they come out of law school and this is certainly true of me is that you don't know much really you're taught really how to you know, research and, and given lots of tools to be a lawyer but it's really the first few years of, of practice that that really shape you as a lawyer and I think just being curious and asking questions and and why you're doing things and, and, and getting the context and and going that extra yard and thinking, well, I've been asked to do that, not just in the context of this particular case, but why am I doing that in the broader context of the legal framework in which you're all practising? It really is a profession, not a job in lots of ways. So I really encourage young lawyers to maintain that curiosity, which gets them to law school anyway. You've done well through school and through VCE and done well through through law school. And so it's really just maintaining that sort of third, for learning and that curiosity that I'd really encourage young people to have.
1: Obviously, one of the things that's emerged out of the pandemic and the remote working is how important it is to have things away from work and if even if we haven't been able to do them for six months of last year we've realized how much we miss them so just out of curiosity what do you sort of what do you like to do in your downtime when you're not running a successful national law firm what do you do to relax and unwind and get your mind away from work?
2: I've got four kids so that keeps us pretty busy so it's always uh, a good distraction to (laughs) take interest in, in their their lives and you know take them to their sporting and musical and other events they have on, so obviously family is is really important. I like to cook. Yeah, you know, it's probably one of the worst days in lockdown was when Michelle beat me in the CEO cook-off, but I'm getting over <laughs> that. So I, um, uh, no, so I do like to cook, and we we cook a lot when we can on the weekends. So kind of yeah you know, stuff we do around town. We we meet with friends like yeah you know, like like we all do. When I go away and we get the, when we get the chance to go away, yeah, you know, you'll probably find me on the water. Go up to. Queensland and I do, do a lot of diving, and um, the kids and I go, go fishing and we get out on the water on the boat and enjoy life up there. So, getting away from work is really important and being able to, to do things that when your phone doesn't ring, like being underwater diving, is um, <laughs> is great. So, I must say, I was, I was, I was, I was diving <laughs> over summer actually, we were up in, in North Queensland and it was beautiful and it was, we were diving along, and um, I was with, with three of my kids actually, we were diving, and, and it was my 12 year old's first time diving with us and so it was a really great day. Now I'm diving along and there was a shark and turtles and a beautiful coral. And I found myself thinking about work and I thought, Oh, this is just ridiculous and anyway, so I had to snap out of it. So that's how <laughs> that's how calming it was. So I tried to I try to get away when I came Sounds like a
0: pretty good way to spend some
2: downtime
0: And yeah, nice. um, so the CEO role most CEOs have a, a vision for where they see themselves taking the business. Do you have a vision for Maddox?
2: Look, we are really, really lucky. The firm is is a great firm. We are in a really great place and it doesn't need a lot of tinkering. It's successful people we have, a terrific clients we have are awesome. So there's not a lot of, of changes you'd, you'd want to make to the firm that would risk all the great stuff we've got. My vision really is to be better at everything we do. We need to make sure that we are that we future-proof the firm. So we need to make sure that we have you know, tech-savvy lawyers and that we're adaptable and able to meet head-on the challenges that the business in you know, the post-pandemic world throws up. I'd like to increase our focus on our our clients. We're a law firm at the end of the day, and it's 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 really important that we're a great place to work. But it's also important that we're doing great work, which we do. But I'd like to see see an increase on that. And and what I'd really like to see is that everyone at Maddox can be the best they can be. That that everyone can bring all of themselves to work. They have they've got the tools. They've got the the training, and they've got the base in lots of ways to be the best they can be in whatever role they can be so they can progress through the organisation. So, a lot of that doesn't involve you know, a lot of tweaking because, as I said, we're in a really great spot, but don't if we don't improve, we'll go, we'll go backwards because it's a very competitive world. I think we're in a great spot.
1: So, flowing on from, from your vision for the firm, obviously this is a, a podcast for, for junior lawyers and prospective grads. How do you see the role of the young lawyer fitting into that vision, especially in circumstances where the sort of paradigm of what it is to be a junior lawyer has shifted so much and is continuing to shift as technology changes of
2: our junior junior lawyers is is really important for the firm i mean one of our core values is stewardship and the junior lawyers um, of today will be the senior lawyers and the partners uh, of the future i think there's a challenge for for all law firms and for the profession more generally around training young lawyers who come out of a law school with the tools but really need the experience and the additional training to get them through to be the, the, the key advisors of the future and even before the pandemic, it was, it was my view that that was getting increasingly difficult because of the way in which law firms have operated and in circumstances where a lot of the work that me and, and my peers cut our teeth on has been lost to either in-house appliance or to alternate legal providers. So as a junior lawyer, I, I spent a lot of time on business as usual uh, type work or running uh, small litigation files as well as doing diligence and uh, discovery on large matters and and some of that task might have been been menial, but it was gave me context and and really gave me insight into into matters that that you don't get from just doing bits and pieces on a file. And so a, a real challenge I think is for us to work with uh, the young lawyers and the graduates to to work out ways in which we can really provide experience rather than just training in relation to being a lawyer. And And trying to look at ways in which we can perhaps price our services differently so that we can include junior lawyers more often in matters for the purpose of that experience that they need to to develop through their career. So that's uh, a key focus of of mine and I think it's a really important change that we're going to see over the coming years for the profession. It's something that I'm excited to engage with uh, the more junior lawyers. Uh, the incoming cohort of of graduates about uh, in my time as CEO.
0: As a a graduate and a to-be junior lawyer, Dave, that's really exciting to hear. I think that's all we've got time for today though guys so thank you so much for joining us dave for all our listeners if you've got any burning questions for us or for our ceo head over to the maddox lawyers instagram account and send us a message Uh, as always don't forget to rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts thanks for joining us uh thanks dave and thanks Thanks,
2: i'll see everyone on the show